0: Hello and welcome to the Tillage Age with me, Michael Hennessy. This is your regular update for all your tillage news and advice. As each year passes, the regulations the tillage farmers need to follow get even longer. From requirements around rotation, nitrates, stubble cultivation or pesticide application, the list is actually too long to name all of them here. Pesticides are an area where the public and the environmental lobby hone in on and call for reductions or even their total elimination. As we know, EU targets have set the direction of travel with targets of 50% reduction of pesticides and pesticide risks. The use of pesticides on farm is currently governed by the Sustainable Use Directive and this has gone through an intensive evaluation across Europe with a view to improving the effectiveness of the rules. A couple of months ago, the EU published the next alliteration of the directive which the Sustainable Use Regulation. There are a number of areas in this which need to be discussed. And I'm joined by Anne-Marie Dillon from the Department of Agriculture to go through the major areas in this new regulation, which will affect farmers over the next couple of years. Anne-Marie, the Sustainable Use Directive has been enforced across the EU and Ireland for the past 13 years, covering all aspects of how pesticides are used. But before we get into the SUD, we might just set the scene in terms of what sort of regulations or hurdles a pesticide needs to pass through before coming onto the market.
1: So a pesticide active substance, which is contained in a plant protection product is approved or not, centrally at at European level. This follows a a detailed scientific assessment and and a rigorous peer review process, which is managed by the European Food Safety Authority, EFSA, as we know it. Um, And following this assessment, then EFSA submits its conclusion to the Commission. And the Commission then put forward a proposal for an approval or not of that active substance, which goes for a vote at the Standing Committee, which is the 27 member states. should note that active substances which are approved will then be subject to review periodically uh, and then as i say following the um, review of an active substance the actual plant protection product containing these uh, are subsequently authorized and registered or not nationally and, and you will be aware of the list of reg- registered plant protection products on our website
0: okay so from from my understanding of it then if i'm right in saying this Huge amount of regulations before a product can actually go from um, discovery from true research all the way through into manufacture until it gets, if you like, into the bottle, kind of ready to go out onto onto farm. And am I right in saying that the piece then that the sustainable use directive, as we know it, that covers, um, I suppose, maybe the safety aspects from when it comes out of that bottle or when, when it leaves the factory, all the way to when the farmers are going to use it.
1: Yes, absolutely. So you have the regulation that covers the actual placing on the market of the of the plant protection product. And I suppose on the other end, you then have the regulation that covers the residues and the end result. But in the middle is the actual use. And that's where the sustainable use directive comes in.
0: OK, so if we just go back a little, little second now and could just look at the, the the sustainable use directive as it is at the moment. What sort of requirements are in place for users or advisors or people who are actually interacting and applying those chemicals or recommending those pesticides uh, and, and to make sure they're used correctly?
1: Yeah, as you mentioned, Michael, we've been working within the SUD for more than a decade now, um, and the goals of which has always been the sustainable, the actual sustainable use of pesticides. And. Um, I think we're all familiar with the requirements within that directive, but maybe just to outline a couple of the aspects that that come to mind. So I suppose the area of training, uh, the requirement for advisors, distributors and professional users to have appropriate training um, has been implemented over the years. IPM is obviously the cornerstone of the sustainable use of pesticides and all professional users Um, are required to implement the principles of IPM when making um, decisions on plant protection. Um, The area of application equipment, uh, there's a requirement for sprayers to be tested uh, and to be retested. And and just to note that this retest must now be done every three years. Correct storage is obviously another aspect. Um, The correct storage of pesticides uh, on farm and at, at retail and wholesale level. Um, sensitive areas is another area within the SUD, and the protection of water is obviously an important aspect of this. And you'll be aware of the need for for buffers, buffer zones where required.
0: So it covers it, co- it covers a lot of areas, I suppose. It does uh, indeed. We really with it all, and and I suppose if you're a farmer on the ground you probably know only too well or certainly advisory you would know only too well about all of those requirements that are there because i think it's 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 been um, implemented pretty well here but i think within that though I, I, if i'm right in saying that this is the, the sustainable use regulator directive um goes all the way across europe and there was a there was a review process in place over the last number of years to try and figure out well how effective was it i suppose um, and then uh, the next step, I suppose, is that they you have rewritten it and proposed a new one, and now we have something coming at us called a sustainable use regulation rather than a sustainable use direct the, the directive. What's the difference between the two of those? I mean, what's the how, how how do they differ? Just just purely in the name, I suppose, in terms of how they're going to be implemented.
1: Yes, so as you know, the Commission launched the farm to fork strategy in 2020. And as you mentioned, they also carried out a review of the directive. And and as part of that, they are now putting forward a proposal for a regulation on the sustainable use, which will replace the directive as you mentioned. And this proposal was published in June 2020. So just to answer your question on the difference between a directive and a regulation, um, I suppose the main difference is that a regulation is direct. Applicable to all member states in a harmonised manner. It must be applied directly across the EU. Whereas a directive is more like a framework or a set of goals for member states to achieve. But then the individual member states come up with its own laws on how to reach these goals, which we have done as part of the the directive.
0: So, if I'm to understand you right, then the new one which is coming at us, being the, the sustainable use regulation that'll be imposed into Irish law, will it? And, and, and how long will that take if that is the case?
1: Yeah, so um, the Commission published the proposal in June, and this proposal will now be considered at Council and at Parliament. Um, this work has commenced in Council uh, with all 27 Member States and, and within Parliament as well. Uh, they will also um, consider the proposal. Um, these negotiations will take they'll definitely go on for the next 12 to 18 months, and maybe beyond. It's a difficult piece of regulation. So if I was to guess, I would say it might go beyond. Uh, So I suppose it's difficult to guess at this stage when a final text might actually become law. Uh, I suppose we're very early, early in the process. So I wouldn't like to, to guess an actual timeline, but it's clear that this is a number of years away.
0: But to a degree, I'm right in saying it's a little bit more serious in terms of its implementation being a regulation rather than, uh, rather than a directive.
1: Yes, I suppose it, the, the point that it will be directly transposed, directly applicable to all member states. And that was one of the criticisms of the directive as part of the commission's review that um, there, there was a need for a more harmonized approach.
0: Okay. So as you mentioned then the regulation is published it's on um the website I got a I got to look at it it's there in on one of the EU websites if you if if you uh, google it. Um can anybody look at that draft is it behind any 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 walls or anything like that and and I, I can't remember exactly you might know uh, where exactly or what to google to try for 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 farmers or industry to look at it.
1: Yeah, no, it's absolutely publicly available, as are a lot of documents um, relating to the the review. The the Commission proposed text and all the relevant documents are available on their website. We've actually included a link on this on our own website, which is available at pcs.agriculture.gov dot ie and it's actually there on the news page on the home page so i think and as you mentioned michael i think if you google sustainable use regulation you will find it also
0: okay so i like i say i had a quick look at it and it's a it's a pretty lengthy document with a good bit of stuff in it but you might maybe give us an idea or cover a few areas that you think are of particular relevance for maybe change um that, that potentially is coming down the landline as is proposed at the moment
1: yeah, no problem. I just mention I'll just mention a few aspects um, to note, but of course there are more within the proposal. So it's as you say, it's definitely worth a read. I suppose the first thing to mention is that within this proposal. Um, it includes legally binding reduction targets for all member states to meet, to be met by 2030 in line with the farm to fork strategy. So that's talking about a 50% reduction in the use and risk of of chemical pesticides. And under the current proposal, uh, these reductions are measured based on sales data in each member state and with particular weightings for specific pesticides based on their uh, risk profile. suppose it's worth mentioning also that these reduction targets are based on the baseline date of 2015 to 2017. Um, Another aspect which I, I suppose is linked is continuing on from the SUD is the area of integrated pest management and again there's a strong emphasis on IPM within the proposed regulation and under the current proposal the Pesticide user will have a legal obligation to implement IPM based on specific rules, and this will have to be documented. Um, Professional users will be required to keep electronic records, and any interventions used, be it chemical pesticides, be it biological, be it physical, cultural, um, will need to be documented. And there will be crop-specific rules incorporating things like threshold levels, etc. Another aspect. Worth noting is the area of advice and independent advice. So the proposal currently includes a requirement for a system of independent advisors for professional users and who must seek advice on things like IPM, risk mitigation, etc., at least once per year from these independent advisors and these records to be maintained for three years. Um, I mentioned sensitive areas under the SUD, but again, this is a, an area that there's a lot more detail in in the regulation. And the, the SUR as it currently is proposed, um, proposes to prohibit the use of plant protection products in sensitive areas or within three metres of these areas. And currently the, the scope of sensitive area as defined is very broad, includes public parks, paths, gardens, recreational sport areas, human settlements, but also agricultural areas, like areas within the SPA or the uh, SACs, the, the Special Areas of Conservation. So that's a quite a broad area. Um, there are just some aspects, Michael. There are lots more, of course, but they just came to mind
0: I think a lot of our listeners uh, who are listening to that particular list of stuff are, are after taking a great big long gulp of breath and kind of going <laughs> "Holy moly!" Oh, there's a lot of stuff coming at us. So, um, but I suppose before before people panic too much and and maybe uh, start banging at the radio and start or, or start uh, hitting their, their device to listen to this, to this on, um, this is not a done deal. Obviously, there's a lot of negotiations to to to, to go as yet. And you're kind of in the middle of them. You're 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 already starting into these um, uh, negotiations, working through them kind of methodically. Do you sense or do you get much of a sense from all of the other member states that are around the table that they also have concerns about some of these aspects?
1: Yeah, as I say, Michael, this is very much the beginning of this process and we and this will go on for, um, you know, as I mentioned, at least 18 months. I suppose it's, it's worth noting just in the submissions that have been made to the Commission on their public consultation. I, I looked uh, just there this morning and there are over 3,000 submissions have been made. and. These are all available to be seen on the Commission website. But these these comments give give a sense of the type of issues being raised. And there's certainly concerns about the proposal relating to the sensitive areas and what that might include. There's also a a concern around the impact of these proposals and the obvious need for alternatives for farmers, and, and, and that's clear also the um the legally binding targets um has also is something that is being raised but as i say it's very early days michael um in this process so you know there will be a lot of further discussion over the next number of of months and and indeed years um okay. in in this but we'll watch and this
0: I, and and Marie, i believe the process is like i say there's negotiation and and uh as I've often heard it said um that there's a, there's a listening ear out at the moment um and there is a consultation process where people can can comment i suppose maybe uh, around the regulation as it is at the moment and the eu are actively looking for that um how does the industry or farmers go about doing that
1: Yes, yeah, so the Commission have opened a public consultation. It's been open since July. Now we have again put a link to that on the website that I mentioned earlier, and um, um, pcs.agriculture.gov.ie, and we have included a link. So it's very straightforward just to link in, and it outlines how you can make your make your submission. Uh, within that and as I said earlier, there, there are over 3,000 submissions and all submissions are available publicly to see so you can get a sense of the type of, of comments and submissions being made. Uh, the closing date, sorry, just to mention yep. Michael, the closing date for submissions of those comments is, is very close, it's uh, the 19th of September, so it is important that those um, any comments are included before that date.
0: So, anne just a final question. And as you have looked at some of the commentary there already, and I suppose from from my point of view, generally, or even if, if, if an industry point of view, uh, I suppose the, 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 the NGOs or the environmental lobby, they'll be very quick, I'm, I'm sure, to put in their comments and have it in there. Um, did you get any sense or much of a sense there was many farmers or industry-led commentary in there or maybe aligned to that? How important do you think... Um, even from a legislator's point of view, obviously based in Ireland, that Irish farmers and Irish industry actually get something in on this and actually make a comment, and try and get their views across to the EU as regards how um, the, the, the these new regulations potentially might shape or or potentially maybe damage the uh, the 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 tillage industry as we have it today.
1: Yes Michael, as I said there's over 3,000 submissions. I haven't read them all to be honest but there is certainly a broad broad scope of of stakeholders making submissions and of course it's open to everybody. It's public consultation so everybody can can have their say and put in their, their comments in that regard. So absolutely it's essential that all stakeholders include comments within that Um, that the Commission will then summarise those and they will then report back to Council and to the Parliament um, giving a summary of the type of of concerns or the type of comments being submitted, and that will include from all all stakeholders, so again from from all aspects. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's brilliant. Look, that's certainly a job that farmers have to do, and and, and probably have to do it relative, relatively quickly, or people in the industry need to relatively quickly. Because it's just a reminder, the closing date is the 19th. I think you're saying it is, which indeed. is next uh, Monday. Uh, the 19th of september so people want to get it in before that and i think it's a relatively simple process in terms of just logging on and uh, putting your commentary in, a, in an open comment box so i think it's relatively straightforward yes Anne, marie you're very good thank you very much for um joining us uh today on the podcast really delighted we could kind of go through all of that because it is a very important area for for farmers and the intelligence industry in ireland thanks again
1: no problem michael
0: so that's it for this week my thanks to ann marie for joining me in the podcast this week just a couple of areas to mention before i sign off for today in order to understand the aspects of the podcast, which are most appealing and beneficial to you, I would be greatly appreciate if you could take three to four minutes to complete the survey. The details of this are in the podcast notes. Also drop into the stand at the planning championships next week and say hello to my colleagues and I. There's certainly a lot to talk about at the moment. So finally, don't forget if you enjoyed this podcast, then recommend it to a friend or colleague. And as always, rate, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.